Investing in your business can be a wonderful way to grow wealth and live the life you want. That's what I'm doing. But investing in someone else's business can be even better. In my opinion, this is the best way to generate true passive income streams. Through ETFs or exchange-traded funds, you can buy a basket of shares in different companies in one trade. BetaShares offers Australia's broadest range of ETFs, including the Global Cashflow Kings ETF, ticker symbol CFLO, which lets you invest in 200 companies with high levels of free cash flow, such as Visa and Costco, in one ETF. You can learn more about CFLO and the BetaShares fund range by visiting betashares.com.au. Read the PDS and TMD on the website and consider if the fund is right for you. BetaShares Capital Limited is the issuer. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Australian Business Podcast. I'm Daniel Golubev. I'm Jordan Kittis. I'm Owen Rask. We're here to help you make more profit, find work-life balance, save time, capital, and grow your business. Every week, we drop the best tax tips, marketing hacks, growth strategies, and methods to help you grow. If you haven't already, take the free Rask Business Course. Book a chat with me or Daniel at Grayspace. Or get in contact with us about business coaching. We also love hearing from you. So send us your questions and feedback using the resources found in the podcast player for each episode. Let's get into it. Welcome to episode four of Accelerator Light on the Australian Business Podcast, our 10-week bootcamp for rapidly improving your profit and business's growth. In this free 10-week program, we give you the absolute essentials for maximizing the opportunity, probably right in front of you. As many of you know, my name is Owen Rask, and together with Daniel and Jordan, we have over 20 years of collective experience in running, researching, investing in, and even advising private businesses. We've put that into these 10 episodes. Just so you know, this is the light version, and so some of the techniques and tools may seem incomplete. For the pioneers who have already joined us, the 20 to 30 people who joined us on day one, you will know that there is a full program coming soon to you. And for those of you that haven't joined our Accelerator or haven't had the opportunity yet, you can find the link in your podcast player. I've made it a bit funny so that whenever Daniel or Jordan have to read out the name of the link, it sounds kind of funny and I giggle. It's called the I'm Pretty Cute link and it's found in your podcast player. If you want to sign up to our mailing list, sign up and register your interest today. You can be on the list to join our accelerator and get access to everything, including a full course and curriculum, templates, weekly coaching, a network and matching service with other businesses, uh, perhaps in your area or industry. So today I'm going to be covering a few different things. Normally we cover three in each of these Accelerator Light episodes, but I'm covering more than that today. And I'm trying to tackle the topic of operations. Now you can imagine that the topic of operations in a business or ops, as I like to call it, this is quite a big thing. And if you think about it, once your business is set up and you've got your funnel and your strategy in place, your business model all down pat, as Daniel covered in the last episode, you're basically only left with operations. Uh, and a lot of business owners 
get stuck in this rat race without actually kind of tinkering and thinking, how can I improve this model that I'm already pursuing? And there are a few ways that we can tackle this and uh, they will link together many of the topics that we'll talk about throughout the Accelerator Lite, but also in the program itself. The way I'd like to start this episode is by talking to you about values. And there are three values that apply to operations that I think everyone should understand. Jordan talks about this first one quite a bit, which is a growth mindset. This is a belief that you can develop the abilities or in your business, the capabilities that you need through hard work and dedication. Now, I'm a true believer that you can do just about anything you want in life, but only if you apply yourself. You see, the thing is, good ideas are cheap, as Storm McGrath from Kip McGrath, the education platform, once told me. He's the CEO of that business. He says, you know, good ideas are cheap, but good execution is extremely expensive. I'll ask you the question, would you rather pay a million dollars for 1,000 ideas or $2 million for a fully developed business? I'd definitely rather the business than the ideas. As Charlie Munger says, you have to deserve the life that you want. Think about that. You have to deserve the life that you want. A lot of people want things in life, but they don't deserve it because they don't work hard enough, because they don't work smart enough, because they don't put in the yards behind the scenes. I like to think that a great business is built behind the scenes. It's in everything you can't see when you walk into the shop. Because everyone knows if you run a fish and chip shop, the serving of the customers is only one fraction of the entire thing that you've put together. There's sourcing and resourcing. There's you know, the leases, how you manage stakeholders, employees, so on and so forth. So a growth mindset is really important. I'll give you an example of this throughout this episode. Another one of these values is anything that can be automated should be automated. Let's take a plumbing business. A plumbing business is trying to run some Facebook ads so it can find more clients in a particular area. The Facebook ads are connected to a landing page which has a form on the website of the plumbing business. People input their information that automatically sends the leads via an automated quote in an email. This triggers an automated email to you to say, hey, you should follow up with this person that just wrote in. Meanwhile, in the background, MailChimp, your email software, has collected that person's details from the website. So that's all recorded in your email software. That can then automatically create or send a record to ServiceMate. ServiceMate is a piece of software which all service-based businesses, including tradies, landscapers, lawn mowing businesses, etc., should be using. ServiceMate then handles the quotes and sends that out via SMS or the original email. From there, the ServiceMate app can assign or you can assign the, uh, the project or the job to a team member. Assuming that team member has an iOS device, the customer will get automatically notified when your team member is en route to that client's address. After the job is quoted or completed, photos are uploaded to ServiceMate and the job is marked as completed. Automatically, the invoice is sent to the client with your bank information and a link to pay, and via zero integration, it's all recorded for accounting, GST, and invoice reminders if they don't pay on time. Let's think about that for a second. Every step of that process was either fully or almost fully automated. That's the entire business, other than actually doing the tooling and the 
installing of pipes or whatever the fact may be, everything was automated and everything should be automated because it can be and because it would make you the lowest cost producer, meaning more profit and meaning no one can really outprice you unless they're making a loss. Slower today, faster forever. This is a line that I took from Richard White, who I interviewed. He's one of Australia's wealthiest people, and I dare say could be the wealthiest person in Australia 10 years from now. He has this motto for his company called Wise Tech Global, which is on the ASX. You can find it under the ticker symbol WTC. Integration work takes time. It costs money. Let's go back and imagine the same scenario of the plumbing business. He or she who runs this plumbing business would have to repeat those exact same steps from finding the customer to running the ads, to getting the information, to giving them a call, scheduling, so on and so forth, 100 times over the next year. Each time this process from end to end could probably take this plumber over an hour if it's done manually. I would say two hours in some instances. Even if we're conservative and say it takes an hour on average, that's 100 hours of time spent on admin over the next year, quoting jobs and doing all that sort of stuff. 100 hours. That's 100 hours or two and a half weeks in your year that you could spend quoting more jobs, training a manager to do it yourself, letting the apprentice go and do it and focusing on building them up and their confidence. You could be doing the actual work. You could fit in two and a half weeks of extra work, which for a plumber could be $15,000. Or you could simply just take the time off. Now, the point is that in the beginning, it's all front loaded. It all seems hard in the beginning. But the reality is that work pays for itself, not just in one year, but many years over and over and over again. And this is before we've considered the benefits of automating all that process. There are fewer mistakes. You've got to remember you're collecting data over time on your clients. So many tradies, so many small businesses don't collect enough data and touch points on their customers. But you can do that all fully automated, which then means you can retarget them with marketing, automated marketing, AI-based marketing, whatever. You can then re-advertise to them for no cost. You can formulate referral partnerships through affiliate links. You have marketing agility, meaning that you can target people in the area that know that person on Facebook. You can scale far and beyond what you already do because there's no limitation when it's fully automated. And then think about things like the client experience. They're probably getting a better service because you actually took the time to fully think about how that workflow operates and how your marketing funnel is put together. It also means that you don't have to hire more people. So there's fewer risks in your business when it comes to people leaving your business and losing all the sales process. That's all done for you. The idea in your business today is go slower today to be faster forever. So those are the three values. Now let's move on to some other areas which apply to ops. The first one is onboarding with ease. Onboarding is a massive time suck. If you ever had to bring on a team member or multiple team members, you will know that it can be overwhelming on you, your new hires, and even the managers that you employ to onboard people. The easiest way to do this is to document your onboarding experience the first time and create standardized onboarding documents and checklists as you go through. To quote Charlie Munger again, no wise pilot, no matter how great his talent and experience, fails to use his checklist. The reality is checklists help, processes help, 
Onboarding is one of these areas where you should have processes for the employees because you may need to do it more often than you like. For us, that would be HR policies, codes of ethics, superannuation forms, tax forms, zero files, qualifications, and reference checking. That should all be done in a checklist and there should be documents appropriate for each of those. You could store it in a Google Drive or whatever. Every time you hire again and again, you should tweak and improve your onboarding process once you figure out the kinks. The important board is that you document it and you make it easy for the next version of yourself. We use Canva for creating these documents because they look pretty, but there are plenty of HR software tools that are end-to-end, meaning they cover onboarding, but they also cover things like uh, employee reviews, surveys, employee management, these types of things. If I were you, I would go to the Zero App Store or Zero App Marketplace and look for a list of integrated HR tools. Many of them charge per employee, maybe $10, maybe $20 or something like that per month. The next thing is an organizational chart. In the next episode and next lesson of the Accelerator program, Jordan takes you through the team and everything to do with finding the right people, putting them in the right positions. But let's just think about your organizational chart for a second because this applies to your ops. What is it? What does your organization look like today? Where do you want it to be in 12 months? Do a very simple chart, put a circle around someone's name and then draw the lines of responsibility to the next person. Are they the right people for the roles that you've got them in? Or have you tailored the roles to fit the people because you're worried about losing them? Both could be a mistake. Jordan will discuss everything in the next lesson. But the key thing I want to leave you with in this episode is just even having a basic organizational chart to map your team and business is important. There are many different structures you could go with over time, and ultimately it will be up to you. For example, do you need a hierarchical structure? Many businesses believe this is the only type of structure you should have, as in the CEO and then the CEO has the other executives, the executives have managers, the managers have team leaders, the team leaders have the staff beneath them. The more of that hierarchical layer that you have, the more bureaucracy you're likely to get. So maybe something like a functional team structure is best. That's where you might have sales, marketing, and tech, and each one of those has a divisional lead. Or maybe it's a product-related business. So if you're a construction business that's diversified, maybe you have plumbing, maybe you have carpentry. If you're in allied health, maybe you have the head of dietetics, maybe you have the head OT, or maybe you have the head of client experience, and everything is product-related. Or maybe you group your business by customer. Maybe there are particular customers that are so big and important that you divide your team basically like account managers. There are so many different organizational structures and charts that you should look into. The next thing is scale, and this is what the accelerator is all about. It's basically looking at your organizational chart and saying, where will this thing break at the seams? Like putting on a bit of extra weight, which button's going to pop off first? So you're going back to your org chart. Will your team and structure be able to handle two times the amount of turnover you have today? What about 10 times? As a general rule, as I said, the more layers in your team structure, the more likely you are to have bureaucracy and lower profit margins. So optimizing your team is one of the essential things to scaling your business. Because at the end of the day, a lot of the software is infinitely scalable. So the thing that's left over is your team and your operations. For most small and medium-sized businesses, in fact, just today I was talking to someone about this, for most small and medium-sized businesses, The key thing is to introduce at least one trusted partner. I wasn't lucky enough in my first big business to have a co-founder or a business owner like me. 
uh, in the business, someone that I could bounce ideas off. However, in the current business with Jordan and Daniel, I now have that and I feel blessed. But many of you simply don't do that and it feels extremely lonely. You don't have that person around as a resource to bounce those ideas off. So one of the things you can do is you can look through your organization or your team or even people that you often do business with and see how can I work with them to help me get the best of my opportunity. Now, for example, you might have maybe someone that you know and you confide in, or maybe it's someone in your industry and you think, well, maybe we can work together on certain projects or certain jobs. Maybe he or she is incentivized by something else. I don't want to be on the tools, but they just want to be on the tools. I want to be on the tools, but they don't want to. So maybe we can come together and form some sort of alliance where they might be paid and incentivized with money or with lifestyle or with insert whatever to get the best out of themselves. And I'll be incentivized in whatever way to get the best out of myself. Basically here, you need to divide and conquer. You need to be able to let go of things that you simply should not be spending time on, working on your business, not always in it. One of the things you can take away from this point is just knowing this, where will your next hire be? In what part of the team? What is it right now that will get you to the next stage of growth? Okay, I've only got a couple more left, guys. So marketing funnel. This is a really important thing, and we'll dive deep into this in episode six or week six of the Accelerator. This is my jam. I love this stuff. I love marketing. I froth over fine brands and customers and all that sort of stuff. Can you succinctly tell me where your customers are coming from? It's amazing to me how many business owners don't actually know where their customers come from. And they think that this is an issue that no one can solve. I tell you right now, it is. Going back to that growth mindset, it's a problem that you can solve. Here's the question you need to ask yourself. What is a customer's journey once they discover your business? Where do they discover your business? How do they find you? Is it through a Facebook ad? Is it by walking past your shop? How do they actually find you? Is it a friend? Is it a referral? Is it an affiliate? Is it an influencer? How do they find you? What happens? Do you put people's information in an email database? Do you then book a discovery call? In a sales call, then they turn into a paying customer, then they upgrade. If you do all of these things right, and I'm not saying it's that difficult, it really could be just a couple of sentences. I'll get to that in a moment. How do they actually find you? How do they actually get into becoming a paying customer? Just describe that journey. If you do it right, you can and will be able to quantify the cost of every step in this journey. It might cost you $2 to get an email address. It might cost you $10 to book a discovery call. It might cost you $200 to convert someone in a sales call. You need to know these numbers. For websites, you'd be crazy not to have Google Analytics and Facebook Pixel installed on your website. So you can see often in real time what people are doing and where they're going next and retarget them with ads. And then you could consider things like Hotjar, which is a tool that you can use for a website to determine what buttons people are clicking the most and where they are looking on your website or even embedded forms. And you can do the same thing with all of your social media channels as well. Data. If you set everything up right in your business, operational data is your superpower. So many business owners feel like they're flying in the dark, even on the most important decisions, because we don't capture enough data in a structured way. What's your customer acquisition cost? How much does it cost to get a customer in? You'd figure that out by simply taking your monthly marketing spend and determining how many customers you got that month. That's your customer acquisition cost. What's your average spend when you do get a customer in? 
Well, that's just the amount of revenue that you get that month by, divided by the number of customers. A lot of online tools give you that data for free. Stripe, PayPal, these types of things, Square, they all do it. What is your revenue per customer? Well, here's one. What is your revenue per employee? Your profit margin. Daniel will walk you through the financials of your business in a later section. And for anyone that's in the course, we will be doing webinars on how to read your financials and how to actually understand if you do something in your operating business, how does that impact your financial statements? Sounds pretty important, right? You can use a CRM, a customer relationship management software. So CRM is, the most popular one is Salesforce, but it's really expensive. Uh, or you could use something more basic, like we use at Rask, we use a piece of tooling called GetDrip, um, but there are many different ones. You, basically, what you want is a single source of truth for your customers. This is the part where you can look up their name and you can see what they've done, how much they spend, who they are. Then if you want to connect that, let's say you want to connect that, but you don't trust that software, so you're going to connect it to a Google spreadsheet or a Microsoft Excel document. What you can use is a tool called Zapier, which is an automation software, which effectively pulls the data out and puts it in a spreadsheet every time a new customer is added. Or maybe you can take the customer from the spreadsheet, which they've put their information in a Google form, and it sends it to your email software. And then that email software sends them a follow-up email. This is how you build intelligence on your customers. It's how you do it without even asking them for information. Obviously, there's a privacy policy, but you you build that data. And if you have a single source of truth connected to all of those disparate pieces of software, you have a complete 360-degree view of that person's interaction with your business. And it doesn't have to be a digital business to do this. It can be any business. Then you can do things like you can set rules within Google Ads or Facebook to test your different ad creatives. And then cap your spending until you know that what marketing creative and what strategy you've got is an absolute slam dunk. So say, for example, for our coaching course, we're going to have 10 or 15 different pieces of advertising running at the same time. And we're going to monitor the metrics, the operational data, so we know which one works the best. And then we're going to invest as much as we possibly can in the one that we know that works. If you're a business and you go to these networking events or you go to a conference every now and again, you try and network, take a QR code. You can make a bit QR code using Bitly. That's bit.ly. It's a Bitly uh, link, and you create the QR code to match that. Uh, you can use Canva to create Bitly uh, to create QR codes and things like this as well. Take that QR code to your next conference, get people to scan it, and they fill in a survey. Away you go. Finally, and this is probably the most important when it comes to operations, is outsourcing. And I'm going to I'm going to group here outsourcing and offshoring together. And this is where we loop back through to the growth mindset. And here's the example I wanted to give you. Just let go. So many of us take way too long to outsource tasks or processes. For example, getting your house cleaned on the weekend is the perfect example. If you spend two hours cleaning your house each weekend, what's that time worth for you? Someone who has a fixed mindset might say, that's $80. $80 I could save. Someone with a growth mindset might say, my two hours on a Saturday is worth way more than $80 for me, my family, or for time in my business. It's the same idea in business. What tasks can you offload? Accounting? Definitely. Legal templates? Probably a good idea. Which tasks could a junior do? Why haven't you explored offshoring to the Philippines? Is it the quality of work? The time? The language barrier? 
I can tell you from experience that none of them are real barriers. They're just barriers you put up in your head and barriers that stop your business from scaling faster than ever. You can email me, Daniel or Jordan, if you want connections to offshoring. Seriously, give it a crack. Let us know how you go. I think you'll be fine. Don't forget, whatever can be automated should be automated and whatever can be outsourced should be considered. If you are a member of the Accelerator program, of course, you can email me, Jordan or Daniel directly. Just email us. If you are not yet part of the program, just head to the website and you can use the contact us form uh, and you can get in contact. If you have any questions about this stuff, whether it's outsourcing, whether it's how to use data effectively, whether it's how to onboard employees, whatever, just speak with us. Uh, We'll try and help you if we have the time and if we can. So the three strategies or action points I want to leave you with today's in today's episode. Number one, what's something you've put off automating? What is it? And what's holding you back from doing it today? If you don't have the technical ability, simply write down a list of questions, things that you think you don't understand so you need the answer to. Like, I don't know how to connect a CRM to my email software. I don't know if I should connect and automate this step or if I should do it personally so it feels better for the customer. Send us your questions, use the website, uh, or you know, if you're a pioneer of the Accelerator program, you can email me or Jordan directly. I'd say to email Daniel, but you can send those ones to Jordan. I'm sure he'd appreciate that. Number two, which current or future role can you offshore? I've come across electrical contracting businesses, Sparkies, with 150 plus staff, and 90 of them are overseas. Virtual assistants are also wonderful. Is there something in your business that is regular, but maybe can't be automated that you could offshore? I'd think there would be. Finally, number three, what's your typical customer experience? If you can even just describe the first three steps of your typical customer experience, who are they? Where do they experience your business? What is the first thing that they do or the first piece of information they give you? If you could describe those three steps pretty clearly, you're probably streets ahead of most businesses because most businesses don't actually understand what a marketing funnel is or how to describe one uh, for their business and how to develop one. Obviously, if you're part of the accelerator, we'll help you build those. If you do get past that step or if you do know what your marketing funnel is, well done to you, wonderful. Give your customer journey a score out of 10, obviously 10 being best. What are the areas that you could focus on for improvement? So there you have it. Got the three strategies I'd love to leave you with. What's something you can automate and what's been holding you back from doing it? What current or future role can you offshore? And what is your typical customer experience? We've covered a lot in this episode and it's gone a little bit longer than I'd thought. So thank you for bearing with me. This is episode four. In episode five, we're going to be hearing from Jordan on team and how to build, craft, and maintain a team for scale success. If you like this short episode, why not come and join me and Daniel and Jordan and all of the business owners inside the Accelerator. We've sold out of the Pioneer program, which is absolutely wonderful. We've started working with businesses already, uh, and it's been an absolutely delightful experience. The full Accelerator doesn't go live until probably late February for most folks, but realistically early March 2024. Uh, After we've gone live with the program, we won't be uh, selling it. We won't be marketing it heavily to you here on the podcast. 
Um, but obviously, the Accelerator program is our full online program. It takes you to the next level with group coaching every week, marketing templates, structuring advice, the latest in tax strategies, downloads, videos, PDFs, Q&A knowledge banks, networking, community elements, matching with similar businesses, you name it. Uh, we are taking, uh, in, we are, you know, we do have spots available for people who do want to join early. Uh, the Pioneers program is full, uh, but we will be taking uh, people earlier than the actual launch and they will receive a discount. Um, but after launch, there will be no discounts uh, going live, at least not even regularly, as far as I can tell. So don't forget, there's a link in your podcast player. I'm pretty cute. It's a nice and fun one. Wait till Jordan says that in the next episode. I'm going to have a giggle when I hear him say it. I'm pretty cute. It's a link available in your podcast player. Takes you to the website where you can get on the list and get registered, say good day to us, so on and so forth. So coming up in the next episode, Jordan Kittis, or as we call him around here, Kittis, will cover teams, how to build a team that you're proud of, how to go to sleep at night and not wake up multiple times because you're worried about what someone is doing in the team. Don't forget, we air episodes on the Australian Business Podcast every week. After the Accelerator is launched, we'll be back to regular programming, which is two episodes a week. And one of those, I'm pleased to say, will be live every week where you can come along and ask your questions on the RASC YouTube channel. Bye for now. We'll see you in the next episode.